Good morning. Good morning, Pete. How are you? Good. Can you see me okay? No, I don't see I you mean, yet. I um, mean, not see me, but can you hear me okay? I can hear you. Oh, good. Okay. Um, whenever you're ready, I can start. Okay. okay. I guess. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, before I start, I wanted to uh, tell you, my dad, who was uh, lived in Dana and worked in Dana, he said Bruno was his favorite place to live. <laughs> and oh, that's he, nice. he wanted me to mention some names to see if you knew them or if they were still there. Okay, fire away. Okay, so Cheryl, she worked at the Bruno Hotel. Um, her Cheryl? Line, yeah, her she was a perch back then? Yes. Uh, she remarried, and she's living in town, yes? Okay, and then Wolf Beckman. Yeah, he's still out in Dana. Mm -hmm. And then um, my dad said for his first vehicle, the Wyman Brothers co-signed for his first vehicle. Are they still there? Uh, there's quite a few Wymans in the area. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Who is your dad? What was his name? Steve Boudreau. Boudreau. Yeah, Steve Boudreau. Steve? Yeah. Was he here when, uh, way back in the 60s? Yep. Geez, I might have known him when he was single. Yeah, my dad said you knew him. He said he would go into your store and you would make, um, like, ground hamburger that was raw and put spices yeah, in it. Yeah, the boys from the base liked raw hamburger with chopped onions and black pepper and salt. Yeah, and then he said you'd make it and he'd take it to the hotel and eat it with crackers. Yeah, we would do that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so you remember that? Oh, yes. Yeah. And then um, Lee, Leon the barber used to cut their hair. Leon Stahl died quite a few years ago. Oh, okay. So anyway, he wanted me to tell you all that. He just... His best memories were of Dana. Uh, sorry, <laughs> of uh, Bruno. Bruno. Yeah. Um, and so you met your wife in Bruno? Is that when you were on base? or? Oh, I, actually, I was not stationed in Dana. Oh, okay. Bruno was my hometown. Uh-huh. I grew up here. Uh-huh. I joined the military in 1968. Yes. Uh, went to Cornwallis for boot camp, mm -hmm. and then I went to Clinton, Ontario, for my electronics training. Okay. Back in these 1969, it was in January, I went there. Uh huh. Uh, I finished my electronics training in Clinton, mm -hmm. and then went to Gordon, Ontario, for applied training, Com Air. <laughs> and from there, I was posted to Coal Lake. Oh, where I am? Yeah. I spent six years in Coal Lake. From uh, 69 to 75, mm -hmm. and then I was posted to Penhold, Alberta, and I worked at the comm squadron there, okay. the bunker, underground. I think my dad was I came back to Penhold in 1980, because this was home, and uh, my uncle, who was in business with my dad, passed away, and I was asked if I ever thought about coming back into the business, it had to be it. So my wife and I, we had two kids at the time, decided it would be a good place to raise kids, so we moved back to Bruno. And what was the name of your store? 
Overmacher Brothers. <laughs> and was it like a general store that had everything? Uh, well, not not so much leading towards the hardware end of it, but we did fresh meats, um, processed meats. We did full line of groceries, mm -hmm. and we had some housewares. Mm -hmm. The basic stuff. From what I was reading online, your store was so popular that people would come from like Saskatoon to get the meat and different things from your store. We had people from all over the province coming. Yeah. Actually, we shipped our Smokies to Vancouver Island and to Newfoundland. What? Wow. By air freight, yep. <laughs> so how old is the store? Um, the physical building or yeah. the business as a family business? Both. Okay, as a family business, by the time we retired, it was 109 years wow. in the family. Yeah. I was a third generation running it. Mm -hmm. uh, the building itself, uh, my grandfather had the front part of the store, the old wing built in 1933. The back part was built in 1946 when my dad and his brothers came back from the war. Mm -hmm. And then it was doubled in size in the 1970s. Oh, okay. Oh, and um, Pete, you said, can you tell... Um, everyone, how you got that Dana PMQ that you're living in? Sure. After the base closed, um, actually, when we moved back to Bruno, it was my intentions to build a new home. Mm -hmm. I owned one lot in town already, and we managed to buy the adjacent lot from an old lady that had a little house on it. Mm -hmm. We lived in that little house for a few years, but it was pretty cramped. We had two kids. And... I could see that we weren't going to be able to afford by, uh, building a new home. These houses from Dana came up for sale in the newspaper. Uh, because we had lived in one already, I knew what we were getting into. Mm -hmm. So we went out to the base and we had our pick of three different ones. Oh. And one we chose, I liked the yellow of the outside. Yeah. Better than the red. Mm-hmm. And it was in better shape inside. Mm -hmm. I do not remember what the house number was on it, but it was close to the close to the hill. Oh, okay. It was up in the north end. Yeah. Uh, we got a building mover to move it to town, and we had to fight with town council to make sure that they would allow us to bring it in. Yeah. Because they questioned whether it was a double wide or a modular home, mm -hmm. and we. Went through the process of proving that it was a modular home, and then we got a fool to bring it in, and I put it on a full basement, moved the water heater and the furnace downstairs, and uh, we did some modifications on it over the years, put new windows in it and stuff, and yeah. changed a few things around, but uh, yeah, we're still living in it. Yeah. Do you know where a lot of them went? Apparently, there's a Bible college in the southern part of the province that bought up a whole bunch of them initially, oh. and they got them for next to nothing. Oh. Uh, by the time we heard about it, they d decided that they're worth more than what they were selling them for, and they raised the prices. Oh. So we paid more for ours than that Bible camp did by a whole lot. Do you remember how much you bought yours for? We paid $10,000 when we purchased oh, it. okay. It cost 
twice as much to put it on a basement. Yeah. yeah. In other words, my basement cost $20,000. By the time the utilities and the plumbing and everything was put together. Yeah. And was it a real estate person selling them? Like you could just go up on base, go into any of them with a real estate person and pick one? They had some kind of a group of people that were sort of, uh, I don't know how I can be kind saying this. They were basically selling things off piecemeal. Oh, okay. Whatever they could get for it, they would take it basically. And as, oh, okay. as they were running out of funding, they start selling something else. Okay. Like I got the uh, desk and chair, I think from the CE section. Oh, One of the office desks. Lucky. Anything else did you get? Um, no. Okay. I think that's pretty much all I got possession-wise from out there. Uh, I was, after we moved back to Bruno in the early 80s, we were approached and asked if we would like to take out an associate membership to the officer's mess. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would be good PR for the business. So we took it up, and uh, my wife and I wound up going to functions at the officer's mess uh, the last few that the base was open. So you did get to go up on base and meet people and get oh, yeah. to know them? Oh, neat. So does that mean you'd provide the food and stuff? Well, if they chose to buy it from us, yeah. there was no strings attached. Yeah. It was just a membership. Oh, okay. Neat. But we did get spin-off business from it. For example, like the sergeant's mess would get steaks from us for steak night. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was a lot of people shopping at the store. We had, you know, a very good clientele from out the base. Yeah. Do you remember some of your customers or people that you met on base? Do you remember their names? Names are going to really escape me. I mean, I'm not good on names on a good day. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know if you knew this, but I'm going to give you a teeny bit of history about the location of the base. Oh, please do. Initially, that was not the preferred location. No? When it was being planned, there's a hill directly north of town about one mile that's actually taller than Dana's Hill, and that's where they wanted to put the base. Oh, I but at the, the town fathers, the administration, were not very military-friendly. And they put the kibosh on it. Oh. So all the housing units would have been in Bruno. Oh. But it didn't happen. Oh. So I was kind of concerned about the public uh, acceptance of the military in this area. Because mm -hmm. um, I was in the military, I didn't have any biases, but a lot of people did mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. My first uh, connection with anybody from the base, I think, was when I was in grade eight. Uh, a young lady by the name of Suzanne Enns uh, came to town and went to school in our class. Uh -huh. She's the first person I had contact with from Dana. Oh. Um, have you been back on the base since it's closed? Yes, once. But they keep it gated up and locked up. You can't go out there regularly. Um, and they're running buffalo out there, too. Yeah. So it's kind of treated as private property. Mm 
We used to use the gun range at the base at our uh, shooting club. Okay. But after the base was sold, uh, they put the kibosh <clears throat> on that also. <clears throat> hmm. Um. And did you meet your wife because she was in Bruno or lived in Dana or? Actually, when I was taking my applied training at Borden, mm -hmm. it was in the end of June and it was very hot. Our classroom was not air-conditioned, and they gave us a stand-down one Wednesday afternoon. Mm -hmm. I and a carload of young guys went up to Wasega Beach and met her on the beach up there. Oh, okay. <laughs> and now you're both in Bruno. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's been a Westerner ever since. <laughs> And uh, your kids, did they have, have did uh, they what? ever get to go on base or know any of the base kids? Or Both of our daughters were born in Coal Lake. Oh, okay. Um, at the base hospital, mm -hmm. which was right on base. Mm -hmm. um, they had friends that they, <clears throat> they remember. Um, but I couldn't tell you the names of them right now. Mm -hmm. What are your daughter's names? Uh, both of my daughters are nurses. And what are they? One's names? working in orthopedics in the operating room at um, City Hospital in Saskatoon mm -hmm. uh, in surgery. Mm -hmm. And the other one is working in an extended care home with the elderly in Swift Current, Saskatchewan. What are their names? The first names? Dawn and Tracy. Oh, okay. And your wife's name? Judy. Judy. Did Judy ever get to go up on uh, in Dana or meet some people? From well, Dana? She, she came with me like to different functions out of the base. Okay. That's good. Um, but she didn't have some amount of contact with the people because like I was in the store. Huh? Yeah. I would see faces quite regularly whether I knew the names or not. But. Mm -hmm. In, in case you're interested, the impact of the base closing mm -hmm. on the community. Yes, I'm very interested. Our store alone, which was only a small store, lost a third of a million dollars in sales a year oh. with the base closing. Oh. That's considerable for a small business. Mm -hmm. The trailer court that used to be in Bruno was closed. And a whole lot of people that used to work out there were out of jobs. Mm -hmm. So there was quite an impact. Yeah. So you saw a change in Bruno when the base did open and... Well, at the time the base opened, I was still young. You know, I mean, I wasn't involved in the store. It was my dad's business then. Mm-hmm. But I saw the change after it closed. Yeah. It was pretty major. Yeah. Um, I was reading that Bruno has, is it a cherry festival? Do you still have the cherry yeah. festivals? Yes, we do. The University of Saskatchewan uh, biologists, plant, plant scientists, came up with a a bunch of different hardy strains of sour cherries, mm -hmm. which were pretty 
uh, adapted. Mm-hmm. And they put it in a test orchard here in Bruno, um, behind what used to be the convent. They planted quite a few acres of these cherries and quite successful. Mm-hmm. Um, over the years, those trees matured and the fruit became available. And the founding, the founding fathers of this orchard came into the store and approached me and asked if I could come up with some sausage incorporating sour cherries into them. <laughs> so I came up with a, a cherry smoky mm-hmm. and a ham sausage with cherry in it. And they took those two products to Saskatoon and they served it for Hort Week. Yeah. <laughs> and were so impressed that they came back and wanted more. <laughs> um, that was the start of planning for the Cherry Festival. Yeah. After that, it sort of mushroomed and uh, it, it's, it's still functioning today. Mm-hmm. Do you still have all those recipes that were your dad's and grandpa's? Oh, yeah. yeah, they were my recipes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, to make good sausage is a dedicated thing. You have to, like, over a period of many years, hone your skills, and, and uh, it's not something you learn overnight. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, my dad was teaching me how to make smokies properly, and as the meat was coming out of the grinder... He touched the meat as it was going into the tub, and he said to me, this is how it's supposed to feel. Mm. You know, the texture had to be so, so, yeah. it had to be so soft yeah. to enable you to be able to stuff it properly into casings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a thing you can't write in a book. Yeah. How did your um, grandpa and dad come to be in Bruno? Like you said, after My the war. Uh, moved to Canada with his dad uh, just after the turn of the century in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. And by 1906, my grandfather had already built a butcher shop in Bruno, which stood where the newer wing of the store is now. And he operated that little butcher shop up to the end of the Second World War. And when the war was over, my dad and his brothers came back from Europe. They basically moved his meat business into the store with the groceries, and it became one under one roof sort of thing, huh? Meat and groceries combined. Yeah. Where was he before Canada? What country? Wisconsin in the U.S. Oh, the U.S.? My grandfather came from Wisconsin. Oh, a little hamlet called Roxbury. It's not too far from Madison, yeah. Wisconsin. It's about 60 miles west. Yeah. I went out just to research some family tree stuff. Mm-hmm. Pete, did you keep anything from the store before you retired or after you retired? Oh. Uh, did I keep anything? Hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have, um, um, you know what a steel is? You sharpen a knife on? Yeah. I have it steel. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't keep many of the belongings in the business itself because I thought they had to go along with it. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I had a whole bunch of antiques up on the shelf over the one cooler, mm-hmm. which I tried disposing of. I, I allowed different pickers to come in to see if they wanted to buy any of it. Mm-hmm. And the rest that I couldn't get rid of, I told my relatives that they wanted to take it. If not, I left to go with the building. Mm-hmm. Um, you said there was a convent in town. What happened to the convent? The Erzaline nuns operated a convent here in town until uh, about the, sometime in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And they closed it. I guess lack of lack of leadership, lack of people wanting to join. Mm-hmm. And uh, it sat empty for a few years, and then the university leased it, and they were running day classes out of it. Uh, and then eventually the building sold, and they're running a, I guess you would kind of call it like a Bible school there. It's, it's, it's accredited university-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's for people wanting to further their faith uh, towards either teaching or going into clergy or whatever. But it's, it's, they run a two-year program up there. Mm-hmm. It's now uh, got about 50 students per year in there. Yeah. Oh. And what's the population of Bruno today? I'm guessing because it's it's really changing. I'm guessing around seven hundred. Seven hundred. How is it really changing? Well, as the old people are dying off, there's more young families coming back, and there's way more kids now than there was back in the seventies and eighties. Oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, a lot of houses have changed hands. Yeah. Like if I walk down the street now, I, I have a difficulty even knowing who's living in half the places mm-hmm. and I lived here all my life oh. well I loved hearing hearing all these stories and memories is there anything else you wanted to add about Bruno or Dana no I was sorry to see it go actually but uh, yeah. I guess time moves on Is there a website where ex-military people can access or get hold of other military people? Like, I would like to look up some friends from way back, and I don't know how to get around to it. Oh. Not that I know of, except, like, the Facebook pages. Okay. But I can, uh, if I find something, I will forward it to you. I'll ask around. Yeah, I'll do that. Well, thanks. My so. wife, and after we retired, did a coast-to-coast trip by car. I always wanted to do that. And I wanted to look up a friend of mine that was in my boot camp class at Cornwallis back in 1969, but I remembered where he was from. What was his Bay name? Bay Newfoundland. And I tried contacting him, and he had died just shortly before that. What was his name? Daniel Blunden. Oh, Is there anyone else you're looking for you wanted to mention? Well, I wouldn't mind getting hold of Victor Miller. Uh-huh. Maybe Norm Chalk, if he's still around. Mm-hmm. 
Well, hopefully they're listening or someone that knows them is listening. <laughs> well, it was great talking to you. I have you hope you have a good, good new year. Thank you. Um, this uh, filmed in a few gaps for people or? Yes. And my dad too will be really happy. <laughs> well, that's good. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I had nothing but pleasant memories and just good stories about your store and you and your dad. Well, dad was in the military during the war. Uh -huh. And I think he could understand, as I did, um, what it was all about. What was your dad's trade? My dad was initially, uh, well, my dad was a butcher by trade when he was civilian, right? Mm -hmm. When he got drafted, uh, they, they trained him to be a cook also. So he was a cook and butcher. Oh. And that way, when they shipped him across the pond, uh, he could feed the troops, basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When he got to Aldershot, England, the staging grounds for the Allied troops, the first thing they did was asked if there was any cooks or butchers in the, in the platoon, and he put his hand up, mm -hmm. and they sent him to the kitchen. Yeah. Now, typically, they would rest for about three days, hour and hour, then be issued their weapon and sent across to Germany to fight. Mm -hmm. Three times, he said, his weapon was taken away on him and sent back to the kitchen because they had a shortage of cooks and butchers. Oh. And I think that was life. Yeah. <laughs> it was your grandpa? That was my dad. No, but your, was your grandpa in the military, too? Uh, no, grandpa was too old, I think, by that time. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good story about your dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had funny uh, stories that he could tell us about life in the kitchen. Uh-huh. For example, the, uh, the captain cook in charge of the mess hall, dad said he was a heavy drinker. Mm-hmm. He liked his meals served to him in his quarters, so they did that. And he liked his roast beef rare. Oh. Bob said that one day the roast beef got a little bit too well done. Mm -hmm. And he sent it plate back and he refused it and he wanted something more rare. Oh. Well, you can't make meat rare after it's cooked. Yeah. But they were serving pickled beets with that meal. So Dad said they took the big beet slice and they reddened the center of his beef <laughs> on both sides, <laughs> sent it back to him, and he didn't know the difference. That's a good story. <laughs> what was your dad's first name? Francis. And your grandpa? Matt. Matt. Matthias. Well, I will um, get in touch with you when I find out more information about those sites you wanted. Well, thank you. Hey, well, well. You have Thank you for the opportunity. Okay. We'll keep in touch. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye.